Hey, it's Carlos GGS for Guitar God Secrets. Let's uh, let's rip one out for the for the boys in Apocalypse. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. I got some cool stuff for you today. I got a really cool exercise slash lick slash arpeggio slash brain twister that you're going to love. We're going to do this one in A minor. I want you to grab your guitar and let's pull it up and do it up right now. Now, I'm not going to give you the tab for this. and I actually don't give the tab on purpose because what happens is all too often guys look at the tab. They try to assume they understand what's actually happening in the tab and they play it, but they don't get the spirit of what's going on. So that's why I want to communicate the spirit in this podcast. Also got some other cool stuff, so stick around with me. So what we're going to do is we're going to create an arpeggiated diatonic scale. Now, the way we do this is we're going to do it in uh, A minor, and we're going to start actually with the F note down on the first fret. So if you're familiar with the A minor diatonic scale, which you should be, by the way, you're going to want to play the following notes. We're going to play the notes straight across from E to A to D on the low three strings. So starting on the first fret of the E string, we're going to play the F. Then we're going to play the third fret on the A. And then the fifth fret on the D. Okay, and then we're going to go play them back down. We're going to start on the... I'm going to turn on my volume a little bit here because I'm getting scritchy scratchy. We're going to play the uh, second fret on the D, third fret on the A, and fifth fret on the E. Okay, so again, one on the E, three on the A, five on the D, two on the D, three on the A, five on the E. So it's going to sound like this. Okay, and you can play that with sweet picking or you can play it with alternate picking. I would recommend you play it with sweep. It makes it a little smoother and you get your sweet picking practice in at the same time. You can get faster with it too. Now we're going to move up to the next position. We're going to play on the low E string, third fret, fifth fret on the A, seventh fret on the D. Then going down, we're going to play three on the D, and then five on the A, and then seven on the E. Okay, so the third fret on the E, fifth fret on the A, seventh fret on the D. Then we're going to play back down, 3rd fret on the D, 5th fret on the A, 7th fret on the E. Okay, so what we got so far is, and you're going to start to see the pattern, it's pretty obvious once you get going. We go across all three strings, the E, the A, and the D, and we're playing the three consecutive notes of that particular position. Then we shift up and do the same thing again. The next position is 5 on the E, 7 on the A, 9 on the D. And then going back down, 5 on the D, 7 on the A, 8 on the E. Okay, and then you can kind of figure out the rest going up. 
that's all there is to that pattern. All right. I want you to work out the last few positions on your own because you're going to get a better understanding of how scales work and intervals work just by working it up to each position. But again, what we're trying to do is create this arpeggiated diatonic sequence that allows us to sweep across the low three strings and play the notes of the diatonic scale across. And that's this whole sequence all the way through. Practice that. Try it out, play it, and then start moving it to other sets of strings. You want to do three strings at a time, and you can shift it over to the A, the D, and the G, and then the D, the G, and the B, and then the G, the B, and the E if you want. It really doesn't matter, but keep them the strings together, and again, go all the way across those strings. You could even extend this to be uh, four notes wide if you really wanted to, four strings and four notes wide. That's a little trickier, but you can definitely give your hand a good workout. But I recommend you get the three notes, three strings under your uh, fingers, so to speak, as soon as you can. And then you can start shifting. You can go to other strings. You can go to other positions. You could really take this into some extreme, crazy directions by even skipping positions. So instead of going from one to three on the A uh, in the sequence, I would go from one to five and then back down to three and then up to seven and then back down to five and then up to eight and then back down to seven. If you understand what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the notes on the low E string. Okay, now it's a little, it's gonna feel like a very advanced exercise when you do it, but it's actually not. It's actually very straightforward. Now, I wanna talk about some of the most influential and the best guitar albums you can have of the last, I don't know, 30 years or so. But I'm gonna go through each one here really quickly and just mention each one of them in passing so you can kinda of get an idea what you need to go out there and listen to and kinda of scoop into the past with, go back into history and find some of these great guitar albums. One of the best that uh, I grew up on, it was probably the most influential album for me growing up, or one of the most influential, even though it's not technically difficult, it's one of the best ever, was ACDC's Back in Black. That album is just just rock, solid rock. And uh, it was released in 1980, one of the best guitar albums ever. If you've really listened to it, listen to what he's doing. Listen to what Angus Young is doing in there. I mean, only six months after they had lost their previous singer, Bon Scott, they kept going. And they put this album out, and it was really their career-defining album. It's just an incredibly great album. Next album I want you to move and look back to is, of course, Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman. You can kind of pretty much group those two together and uh, consider them the essential work for Randy. You should pick those up and get them and listen to every single album. Yeah, there's a few weak points on some of the albums. Little Dolls, not particularly strong as far as the song goes. But the outstanding moments of Randy's playing are just unbelievable when you really listen to what he's doing. Listening to his solo on Diary of a Madman and how he uses that, um, that, that particular scale that he's using in there. It, it's just incredible to hear him do it. And of course, it's just the essential uh, Randy Rhodes period for such a great guitarist who was ahead of, uh, just way ahead of his time. He was the guitarist who most influenced me. Next album is probably one of the better albums of its time. It, it was kind of controversial at the time because of the nature of what Eddie was doing on it. It's, of course, 1984. Now, of course, Eddie Van, or the Van Halen albums, the first two Van Halen albums, one and two, just uh, incredible, and every album really up to this point just as well. But this one is very good just because of the songwriting on this album is 
outstanding all the way. Of course, it's it's Eddie's show, and even when he's playing keyboards, he made that album uh, really define what Van Halen could be. Another master-defining moment in 1980, well, I guess in any, de- <laughs> any decade, but especially in the 1980s, was the Master of Puppets album from Metallica. I remember when this album came out, uh, my friend had turned me on to Metallica back when their first EP had came- come out. And I heard the band thinking, oh my god, this is incredible. Then they released their first album, Ride the Lightning, and I was like, this is fantastic. And of course, I was eagerly anticipating what would be their follow-up to that. It's it's just unbelievable. It's a great album. It's probably the best moment of thrash metal, and uh, just a, an awesome display of technical prowess. If you look at what Dave, uh, what excuse me, what J- James Hetfield is doing with the rhythm and things like that, it's really just an unbelievable album. Another incredible album, and I have to admit, I bought this one based solely on the cover and hearing of, of his name is Steve Vai's Passion and Warfare. If you've never heard this album, you really need to pick it up. You need to grab it or download it off of iTunes or whatever you need to do, but get it. Because it's a fantastic album. Not only does it have great melody, it has that quirky sense of style that came from Steve's work. I I think most of it may have uh, been influenced by his work with uh, Frank Zappa. But Steve's playing is unbelievable on this album, and some of the songs just really just leave your jaw on the floor. Another essential guitar album, and this one goes back to the, hearkening back to the 80s, is of course Yngwie Malmsteen's Rising Force, the first album. The second album as well uh, is good because it it highlights more of a songwriting than probably most of his other stuff. And and to be honest, let's say that uh, Yngwie's songwriting skill is not what you call top-notch but it's decent and it gets by and it gives him a, a showcase for his guitar technical skills so definitely pick up rising force and if you can marching out uh, the ending song on marching out which is of course marching out is also a great example of how he could slow down and really just just sound uh, dreamily awesome just listen to that last final track on there now I could highlight, you know, dozens more albums. We could go through other possibilities, of course, like Dream Theater. Uh, I really respect their work on Images and Words. The song "Pull Me Under" I think is one of their strongest. For the most part, I, I, I have to say that sometimes his playing can sometimes leave me a little flat because it feels a little unemotional, too technical. But it's it's still brilliant playing at its best, and I don't mean to insult Petrucci's work in any way. He just rocks on the guitar no no doubt about it and for those of you that are fusion freaks of course give a good listen to al demiola's elegant gypsy uh it's not a very long album but it's really brilliant in terms of his fusion of rock and non-rock of course listen to the song race with devil on spanish highway and if you can actually watch him playing that live it's just a brilliant exercise in technicality and mixing melody with speed his playing is really phenomenal now later in the 80s one of the better albums to go come along that was a great guitarist album i call it a guitarist album because really only guitarists listen to it as far as i know and that is of course joe cetriani's surfing with the alien he finally got to release an album of his own after teaching so many other guitarists how to play he got his own album out there and of course this thing went platinum and it was also the probably the one of the essential albums in the shred revolution another great event of the decade was stevie ray vaughn one of the uh, the essential blues guitarists that's ever lived unique style unique voice 
just everything about him. Very incredible guitarist and incredible musician. And of course, his band Double Trouble and the albums that he released, probably all of them are something you need to have. Just a fantastic guitarist. And you know what? I'd like to hear your best guitarist, well, actually best unsung guitarist albums or just guitarists in general, who you think are some of the underrated guitarists of all time. Don't forget, there's so much stuff out there that we haven't heard. You got to dig, right? <clears throat> and I want to highlight it here. So tell me who you think is one of the most underrated guitarists and what are some of the most underrated guitar albums out there. I'll sneak one in on you that you might not think would come from me, but one of my favorites has always been Rick Emmett from Triumph. If you don't have the Allied Forces album or even just the greatest hits of his stuff, eh, listen to him. Listen to what he can do. Listen to how he can play. Uh, there's one song in particular. It's an acoustic number, and I think it's called A Midsummer Night's Dream. or so, I can't remember what the name of the, the uh, song is off the top of my head. Actually, here, let me look it up. Through the wonder of the internet, I can bring it to you live right here. Ah, it is Midsummer's Daydream. It's a, an acoustic piece, very technical, very, uh, very beautiful piece. You should check it out and give a listen to the great Rick Emmett. Hey, this is Carlos GGS from Guitar God Secrets, and I have had a blast giving you this stuff. Do yourself a favor. Go on over to guitargodsecrets.com slash free video. Get your free video, my number one practice hack on how to play better faster. you got to maximize your time, and you got to learn the tricks to get you there faster. Learn the stuff that most guitarists never learn. Go on over to guitargodsecrets.com forward slash free video, and I'll be talking again soon, soon, soon on this here podcast and with more great stuff to show you and tell you. Remember, live to play, play to live. GuitarGodSecrets.com, Guitar God Secrets podcast, and YouTube content, and all content herein is copyright Morpheus Productions, LLC. Feel free to contact Carlos at Carlos at GuitarGodSecrets.com. We welcome your comments, suggestions, and questions, and your donations. Live to play, play to live.